Good morning, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away under the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. Today is Thursday, February the 15th, 2024. And I am so honored to have as our guest today, Gary Stearman from Prophecy Watchers. I'll bring him on here in just a moment. But we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, UFOs, powers, and principalities. And uh, we look forward to a great discussion uh, with Gary, who's just been a great influence in my life, and I know many of yours uh, as well. But before we get to that, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, uh, today is uh, Thursday, as I said, and, and it's time for our monthly premiere Zoom Q&A. And we do that once a month for our premiere subscribers. And it just so happens that tonight we've got scheduled, he's been scheduled for about a month now, Mondo Gonzalez. So it's kind of a two-for day with Prophecy Watchers. We are so honored to have uh, Gary on our regular podcast. And then Mondo is going to be joining us tonight uh, to take your questions if you're a part of our premiere a subscriber group. And so that's at six o'clock mountain time. Uh, our premier subscribers can just go to your premier page and you'll see the Zoom link there. Uh, if you're not a premier subscriber, it's certainly not too late to sign up for that. <clears throat> it's a small monthly fee and uh, you can cancel at any time, but we we do these monthly Q&As with guests. But more than that, we also provide a number of other value uh, benefits for your premier subscription, including you get access to the video version of our daily podcast. So for example, today's podcast with Gary will be going out audio uh, to uh, the uh, podcast world, but for premier subscribers, they'll have access to watch the video uh, so they can see uh, both me and Gary as we interact and talk and visit together. Uh, we also have a number of other resources that come as part of our premier package. So check that out at notbyworks.com. Dot org, and you can click on the store button there to learn more about our premier subscriber. But for our premier members, don't forget tonight, six o'clock mountain time, log into Zoom and uh, you can join me with Mondo and we'll take your questions. I also want to mention that, especially in light of today's topic with Gary, this Sunday, it just so happens at Plum Creek Chapel, in my study of First Thessalonians, I'll be in a section where I'm going to be talking about Satan's war against God's people. And uh, so I hope you'll join us either in person in Denver uh, at Plum Creek Chapel. It's actually in Sedalia, a, sub a southern suburb of Denver. Or if you're not in the Denver area, you can watch the live stream. We live stream our second service that starts at uh, 10 o'clock. So look forward to a great day of worship this coming Sunday. And then Wendy and I head out uh, on uh, Monday. We'll be hitting the road uh, for a tour down in Georgia and Florida, including the Orlando Prophecy Summit. And I'm going to be one of many speakers there. And I want to encourage you to go to prophecywatchers.com. I know the in-person tickets are sold out, but it's not too late to get a streaming ticket. And you'll get access to all of the speakers, all of their sessions, and you'll, you'll be able to watch those for six months. Uh, so check that out. It's a great deal. If you're coming to the conference, be sure and stop by the NBW Ministries table. I'd love to introduce you to Wendy and Brooke and my other kids that will be popping in and out as we take shifts working at the Not By Works booth. So we're looking forward to that. Keep us in your prayers as we travel. We've got several other conferences. One ahead of that one, our next upcoming conference will be not this weekend, but next in North Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, looking forward to a great time together there as we talk about Bible prophecy. And then a couple of more after the Orlando Prophecy Summit. You can check out the events page at notbyworks.org for more info. Okay, with that, our verse for the day is uh, from, I feel like quite appropriately, from Ephesians chapter 6. It's a familiar passage, but certainly right on point as we talk about UFOs, powers, and principalities. Paul writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, I'm reading from the New King James here. That word wiles is an interesting word. It's only used twice in the Greek New Testament, both of them in Ephesians, and both of them speaking about evil schemings. But he goes on to explain the reason we need to put on the whole armor of God is that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. There is, folks, a spiritual battle raging. We've talked about it extensively in my last three books, and I think as we see things heating up on the earth and the signs of the times converging, 
it should be a reminder that things are getting even hotter in the heavenlies, in the unseen realm. So my guest today is Gary Stearman, really needs no introduction. He is uh, probably everybody's favorite Bible prophecy teacher. He's been doing this a long time, my friends. Uh, as we were talking ahead of the interview, he mentioned that his journey has been kind of a circuitous route into Bible prophecy. I love that phrase because all of us, if we look back over our journey, uh, I bet almost everybody listening would say, if you'd asked me 30 years ago, would I be doing what I'm doing today, or 40 years, or 50 years, whatever it might be, you'd say, nope, it, it, I didn't really plan it this way, but God directs our paths. Man plans his way, but God directs his steps. So, uh, Gary, thanks so much for joining us. Gary Stearman from Prophecy Watchers, prophecywatchers.com. Gary, welcome to the program. Well, thanks, JB. You know, what you were saying in the introduction there is, I think, has a couple of three exclamation points behind it, because I think every Christian uh, has... That is, if you walk the walk of faith, it has a kind of a circuitous route, to use that word again. Every Christian is taken along a pathway that's laid out by God through the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the path is a little rocky. Sometimes it's great. And you, you yourself know and have spoken with many Christians about the pathway they took. And, you know, that's the whole Bible. When you were talking, I thought a good way to introduce uh, th this topic would be to say, if you look at the Bible, it has been a very rough road. Mm -hmm. And you go back to Genesis, uh, where the sons of God uh, rebelled, and they began to marry. They came down to earth, married the daughters of men. Giants were born to them. <clears throat> the earth became corrupted. It had to be destroyed, and then it was rebuilt again after the flood, and then it was destroyed, and then it was rebuilt again. Talk about circuitous. Mm. And so you come down to right now, and you look at the world, and everybody would like to think it's a wonderful world. You know, it's everybody's doing so well. Uh, finances are good, or at least until recently, and, you know. <laughs> Everything is, is uh, I'm going to church on Sunday. Uh, the Lord is blessing me and my household, and everything's going to be just fine. And, and my word is, uh-oh, because look out, here it comes. And the Bible speaks about the latter days, and it speaks about uh, things coming apart at the seams. And you read from Ephesians. I have my Bible open here to Ephesians 6. Uh what are we supposed to be doing? Taking, putting on the whole armor of God. Well, why? Because everything we do in this world, uh, as a matter of faith, is a challenge. Mm. We are to face that challenge. And uh, the subject uh, that you spoke about before we came on today is one of those challenging subjects. Mm. Uh, the whole UFO mystery which I think broadens out into a, uh, if you will, a satanic intrusion into the world system. Amen. And and let's jump into that. Uh, but I wanted to just kind of close the gap here on the intro. So you uh, were a pastor, and then in 1987, you started working with J.R. Church in Prophecy in the News. And then after his death, you and Bob Ulrich started Prophecy Watchers, which is uh, probably, I would say, one of the foremost uh, beachheads for a Bible prophecy. And um, so we're, we're, you know, I've been privileged to connect with you guys in a number of roles of, uh, in studio and at conferences. And But before that, I, like so many others, benefited. I can remember, Gary, uh, you know, listening to you during my drive time when I was uh, in academics and, uh, you know, I had a commute. Uh, and just even now, uh, even in recent years, listening to you. It was usually a video, but of course, I only listened to the audio while I was driving. Uh, but uh, you have had an incredible guests on, and uh, we've learned uh, so much. But I want today to focus on this subject of UFOs, powers, and principalities. And to start us out, <clears throat> if you don't mind, I'd love to get you to kind of tell us your UFO story. Now you have a background in in uh, air air uh, flight or airplanes, right? And so maybe just give us that sketch. I'm just going to yield the mic and tell us about how you first became acquainted on a personal level with UFOs. 
Well, I come from an aircraft family and uh, that goes all the way back into the 30s. And uh, the old Stearman biplane was the uh, airplane that trained all of the World War II aviators. And my uh, uncles and my cousins were all in aeronautics. They were all aeronautical engineers. And they were involved with NASA, uh, with different aircraft companies like Boeing. And so as I grew up, this is all I ever thought about, all I ever heard about. And I should quickly interject, and then came 1947 and Roswell. And I discovered wrestling in the family, if you will. There was a lot of conversation about Roswell. And as I, little pitchers have big ears, and as I was growing up, became a teenager, listening to adult conversation, and then became an older teenager, I was exposed to a, a truth which, by the way, has come out full-blown uh, in our era. And that truth is that UFOs are real. They do crash. The parts and pieces have been scooped up and used for reverse engineering by the United States government for decades. Mm -hmm. And you simply just have to say that and get it out of your mouth so it's, you know, okay, that's that. <laughs> now yeah. we can talk about something else. Yeah, let me interject. Sorry to interrupt, but you know it is interesting. For years, you would get a lot of pushback when you would say things like that, and people would just look at you like you're some kind of a tinfoil hat nutcase. But right. You're right. In recent years, really since the the New York Times broke the the story wide open in December of 2017, and then all the congressional hearings and all the evidence just yes. overflowing, which a lot of guys like yourself knew for you know all these years, we've known that it existed that the government's been secretly studying these things. But isn't it exciting that it's a different world now where you can say things like that and you have the latitude to, you know, elaborate and explain it? It's out there. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's in public. Now, there is a, a dark side to this whole thing, and that is uh, there is a propaganda system that's alive and well uh, trying to teach us that our, our space brothers are back to bring humanity to its next level of uh, consciousness. And so we have astronauts that are coming here from other galaxies and, and who knows where, and they're showing up at odd times in odd places in their UFOs. And from time to time, they contact human beings. And from time to time, <clears throat> those human beings come back with stories to tell. And that's the whole ufology mythos. Mm -hmm. And what I want to quickly say as a Christian is they lie. <laughs> we have, and you read from Ephesians 6 about the principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in this world. That's the Bible's way of talking about ufology. Mm -hmm. We have fallen angels who are attempting to present themselves as the saviors of planet Earth. And you can trace their appearances back to, really to 1897, and then moving forward to 1947, and then onward in a series of events to the present day. But what it is is satanic propaganda, and it should be viewed through the lens of the Bible and not uh, through uh, some uh, television special or uh, through some book written by someone who wouldn't know what the Bible says if you dropped one right in front of him. Mm. What we're dealing with here is satanic propaganda mm. and uh, good old captain kirk you know <laughs> and star trek <clears throat> and we have now generations what three four generations of of trekkies mm. people who believe that we're going to go out there we're going to find a better place uh, we're going to through uh through engineering and, and space travel we're going to find uh, a way to bring humanity to the next level of, uh, of spiritual existence and that's sort of the modern, if you will, the modern spiritual dictate. Uh, and it is, it has to be, uh, it has to be confronted, I should say, because it's not what it claims to be. This whole system uh, of UFOs and all the progeny and all of the, uh, the weird, weird stories that come along with, with ufology are really anti-Christian. 
at mm-hmm. the heart, mm-hmm. at, at the very core, when you get down to it. And, and I suspected this uh, as a teenager when I first started studying UFOs, but I, I had no way to validate it. In the years that have passed since, I'm absolutely certain that satanic propaganda is alive, it's well, it's more powerful than it's ever been. Yeah, it really is. And it and it kind of has a double-edged sword because, as you said, on the one hand, <clears throat> Satan is advancing a de- deceptive agenda that marginalizes mankind and claims there's all these different aliens, biological aliens, and so forth. Right. Um, but at the same time, because of that deceptive agenda, many believers who otherwise should know better if they would read their Bibles, they tend to just dismiss the whole concept. They think that all UFOs are just made up and there's nothing to it. And the reality is both of those viewpoints are wrong because there's no question UFOs exist you're going to share your story in a moment, but that's just one story among millions of stories. We see evidence in the Bible, and we know there's a spiritual realm, a demonic realm, as we've talked about from Ephesians 6. So I think Satan's deception has a, a twofold purpose. Uh, it's 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 intended to even get believers to not think about the spiritual realm, uh, and it's intended to get the whole world to buy into a narrative that will play quite nicely into the Antichrist's hand uh, someday. So, so yeah, tell us about <clears throat> your uh, uh, your personal interaction with a UFO. Well, and, and again, I should open by saying I have told this story, uh, but for uh, about 40 years after it happened, I, I never told a soul because mm. I was afraid people would uh, think of me as uh, a little over the hills. <laughs> Gary's a little touched in the head or something like that. But to make the what is a an hour-long story uh, a little shorter than that, uh, I, uh, at one point in the, in the late 60s, I was working uh, for Cessna Aircraft at that time, I had been working for Beach Aircraft, and I was uh, in the process of <clears throat> setting up meetings, dealer meetings at various airports. And so uh, it was my job to take uh, materials, slides, movies, books, pamphlets, brochures, you, you know, the, the typical thing that you would go to a dealer with. And uh, on a particular uh, Saturday, I took off from Wichita and flew to Dallas Love Field, where I uh, delivered about half of a load of a thousand pounds of meeting materials. And uh, my schedule called for me then to go to Lubbock after that, take off from uh, Dallas Love and go to Lubbock, deliver the other half of materials, and then go back to the uh, home office. I took off from Dallas, leveled out, headed for Lubbock, uneventful, uh, and except suddenly my electrical system went out. And now this is a brand new airplane. It had about 10 hours in it. And uh, so I did all the necessary things that I had to do to keep going and did a little calculation mentally. And, you know, in another hour and a half, I can be in Lubbock. I don't need an electrical system. I can flip it on and use battery power at the last minute, make my landing in Lubbock. So I'm just going to go ahead and go. And uh, as I was flying along, you look around. I looked around, and to my left, about a mile away, I saw a dot of light, very bright light. And I kept watching it. It was flying a course parallel to my course. I thought, you know, that's maybe an airplane with his landing light on, and he's going to fly to Lubbock, and we'll, I'll just fly right along beside him until we both get there. And uh, as things happened, I just dismissed it as an airplane. And then we went under a cloud deck where it was very dark, and this thing continued to be as bright as it had been out in the sun. And I thought, Hmm, that doesn't look like an airplane anymore. Hmm. And <clears throat> this whole thing had been preceded by a voice that told me to look in that direction. Now, here's what the voice said in my head. It said, if you look to your left, 
you'll see a UFO. And it said it just like that. And, you know, that's what had first caused me to look over there. But no, it's an airplane. I'm dismissing this. And then the voice said to me again, after I set up my course for sure and decided, hey, I'm going to fly with this guy and we're both going to arrive in Lubbock about the same time. The voice in my head said, if you look to your left, you'll see a UFO. And it said it like a tour guide. It sounded <laughs> exactly like a tour guide. <laughs> and I thought, that's not a UFO. This can't be a UFO. At which point this light in a matter of about two seconds, traveled a mile, and it was right next to me, mm. flying in formation. Mm. I wasn't I wasn't a hundred feet away from this uh, beautiful craft. It was a, a disc, and it was silver, and it was covered with flowing power of what looked kind of like electricity or something. And I wasn't the least bit frightened. I, this is incredible. I gotta, I'm going to fly along next to this thing as long as I can so I can really see what it is. And uh, it had announced itself. And once it came alongside, I felt a strange calm, like, hey, there's nothing to worry about. Long story short, this ship accompanied me all the way to Lubbock. When we got close to the airport, it dropped off a little bit to the south, and I went ahead and uh, flipped on the battery power and, and landed using battery power, made a successful landing. And when I landed and taxied up to the Cessna dealership, I got out of the airplane and I looked over there to the uh, east, and this UFO was still hanging in the sky. It was right, right up there. And I thought, well, so long. <laughs> and I had the best feeling about that thing. Hmm. It had flown along with me. Now, at the time, I was a very, what you'd call a baby Christian, maybe less than a baby Christian. I, I had received Christ, but not seriously. And, and so I uh, had no way of fitting all of the, these things together at that time. But to make a another very long story very short, uh, the aircraft was inspected the next day, and the people who inspected it, and by the way, they were uh, there were five of them. One of them was FAA inspector, said, what did you do to this airplane? And I said, nothing. <laughs> said, what happened to this airplane can't happen. And uh, I won't go into the details, but they were absolutely right. What happened to disable the airplane could not happen at all. And they there put was, it together. There was evidence of that, right? I mean, they, there was physical, uh, the, yeah. the wires were somehow, I forget how you described it before, but. Well, uh, it was actually an alternator that was driven by a belt and the belt had flipped off and fallen to the bottom of the cowl and. Uh, the belt was still in perfect shape and the alternator was still locked exactly where it should have been. And a V-belt can't come off of an alternator drive. Yeah, it didn't break. It just was somehow taken off, which is impossible, the inspector said. impossible. Says. And that's what the inspector said. That can't happen. Hmm. And hmm. I kept everything. I, didn't, I told nobody about the UFO because I had uh, mentioned the word UFO a little earlier uh, to the uh, manager uh, of the uh, dealership, and he blew me off in a hurry. He said, I, I don't want to hear about UFOs. I don't believe in those things. Now, what, what year was this, Gary? <laughs> about 1969. Okay, and how old were you then? I was uh, about 30 years old. You know, what's, what's striking to me is kind of the similarities, in a way, uh, between your account and the Kenneth Arnold account in 1947 because yes. he, he was 32 years old he was flying on business to make he was a salesman he was going to make his pitch selling automatic firefighting equipment and that's when he had his now you know famous uh, uh ufo sighting that was you know, really launched the, the dawn of the modern ufo era so but now in 1969 so you had you said earlier you, your family had sort of talked about and you'd heard them talking about uh, the UFO phenomena, you know, and so forth. But were you, 
uh, interested in UFOs or did this kind of come out of nowhere when you saw this sighting? Well, I was already interested because, uh, as I said, the family had uh, in at many levels had dealt with the UFO phenomenon uh, from examining the uh, uh, some of the wreckage uh, from being mm. called uh, uh, an uncle of mine was actually uh, uh, classified above top secret. And he one of his jobs was to investigate UFO crashes. Wow. And uh, I could go into that forever and ever, but it it would take too long. It's, it's sufficient to say that I was really uh, pulled into this whole UFO uh, world long before I became a Christian, long before I became a believer. I had no idea what they were like everybody else. I thought, well, maybe it was like uh, the day the earth stood still, you know, and Klaatu steps off of the uh, of his uh, saucer ship in Washington, D.C. and and brings peace to the world. And I thought, <laughs> who knows? Uh, who knows what UFOs are? But by the time I had had this sighting myself, I was fully, fully convinced of mm. the existence of UFOs, and not only that, but of their interaction with the powers that be around mm. the world. Mm. Uh, and that, by the way, that's still going on, and is still classified above top secret. Mm. And the bottom line here, and the, where the conversation gets interesting, and I've written about this over the years, the bottom line is Satan has a force. They're called principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in heavenly places. They're called a lot when you look through the Bible. But there are the powers that be, and they're getting braver in these last days. If you've noticed, the, the UFO abduction uh, numbers have grown very, very rapidly in the last three, four years. <clears throat> UFO abductions are now happening. What are those? And usually they involve uh, some sort of uh, experimentation when someone is taken aboard a one of the ships, if you will, and uh, perhaps genetic samples are taken from this individual. We've we all heard about cattle mutilations, taking some of the uh, uh, the prime uh, uh, genetic material from the prime beef before it gets to market. <laughs> and all of this is happening. And people are scratching their head and saying, what in the world is going on? Well, I think we're about to meet some some of the people who are coming here as ambassadors from other planets. And I believe in my heart of hearts that they are going to take us to a new level of, of consciousness, that bringing humanity to the next level. And I think that's the mythology that's growing out of this, where... In fact, it's quite the opposite. These are not people from Alpha Centauri or some other place. These are people that have been here ever since Genesis 6. Mm -hmm. And the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they married them, and giants were born to them. And God looked at what had happened. This was basically an invasion from on high. God saw what was happening, and he destroyed the world with a flood, saved mm -hmm. And yep, that, that's where it started. Um, and uh, it actually started, you know, on a, on a seed level with Satan approaching Adam and Eve. And then, of course, you have the famous Genesis 3.15 passage. Maybe we'll have time to talk about that. But I want to go back to a couple of things you said, and then I want to dive a little bit further into the abduction phenomena, which you just mentioned. But back to your experience you said that it 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 was really like the best feeling. You didn't seem frightened. Um, uh, do you believe that these uh, evil spiritual entities that that we call UFOs or UAPs are they malevolent or benevolent? Uh, both. I really believe both. I think that there are angels <clears throat> as well as demons. Uh, uh, angels fly celestial transportation vehicles. And uh, we have so many examples of that in the prophets, you know, in Ezekiel and, and the machine that landed in front of him. Uh, there are, <clears throat> and these celestial transportation vehicles are very much a biblical fact. Mm. You see them all through the Old Testament. The, the, the prophets are picked up and, and, and spirited elsewhere. 
and uh, and in the case of Moses, uh, he was, I think, transported. But there are two distinct sides. There is the side of God and his angels. There is the side of the devil and his angels. And there is war in heaven. And it's been there uh, ever since, uh, well, creation. <laughs> but yeah. God is through a system of reconciliation, bringing man to the state that he intended from the very beginning. And, and so we find ourselves in the middle of a battle, that, and one aspect of that battle is those celestial transportation vehicles. People are seeing them now like never before. Uh, UFO yeah. sightings are up. Uh, there are literally thousands of sightings now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's surreal when I think about it. I've been studying this for years just as a hobby, but you know, to see uh, co you know congressional hearings, um, I'm going to play some clips of that in some of my upcoming messages on the road. Of I think it's David Grush is his name telling U.S. congressmen and women, look. I know for a fact we have body parts and and you know aircraft parts, uh, but I can't say anything here. We need to go into a skiff where it's private, and I can tell you, and I can tell you exactly where they are. I mean, this is on record, uh, you know, under oath before congressmen. So this is, of course, a lot of people have known this all along. There have been. Um, you know, uh, uh, white papers and, and leaked documents and so forth. By the way, did your uncle, when he was investigating, was he part, <clears throat> excuse me, part of Blue Book or uh, what was the nature in which his investigations took place? Uh, and, and again, this would take quite a while, but but he was an aircraft designer with, with Boeing and he was an aerodynamicist. Uh, he actually designed the B-52 wing. And the government had come to him privately and said, uh, we need for you to be on one of the investigation teams. And uh, if there is a crash similar to the one at Roswell, uh, you're on 24-7 call and you need to get out there and investigate what, what you see and file a report. So that was basically his status. And uh, I'll never forget one Christmas dinner. When he got a, he got a phone call in the middle of the dinner, the family was around the big table, and uh, he said, "I have to leave." He went and got his prepacked suitcase. He was gone. He was gone for several days. Later, I found that he went to Colorado, where there was a UFO crash, and his job was to sort out and catalog all the parts pieces. So I can say for sure, from my own knowledge, this, this has, has been going on for a long, long time. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, when you say government uh, asked him to investigate because of his expertise, most likely that was under the umbrella of Blue Book and J. Allen Hynek and some of those that were uh, part of that, going back even to, you know, Project Sign and Project Grudge that came right, out right after the 1947 events. And as a side note, and I know you've read my uh, uh, books on this, but, you know, I really believe that 1947 is the key because Satan uh, saw what was happening, certainly with the atomic bombs. I mean, that would have made been seen from, you know, the far outer space. And he sent his demons to do some reconnaissance missions. And then he hears about the rebirth of Israel. And he knows the Bible that Israel takes center stage in the end times. And so he hears all this chatter about Israel. And so I think it's it's just Satan is ramping it up, and that's why we're seeing an increase. And that's one of the signs of the times that indicates in my mind, and I know you agree, that we're getting closer and closer, this upsurge in this stuff. But um, so one other thing I want to mention before we get back to the abductions is, you know, you, you mentioned the the ufology mythos and the great deception that Satan is, is pulling over people. Right. This notion that the aliens are going to reach us to a, you know, take us to a higher consciousness or a better place, uh, similar to the same way the transhumanists and the technocrats today are saying that we can do that through AI. That obviously is a lie. And I just want to interject that the only way anybody is going to make their way to a better place and be restored to a right relationship with the Holy God is through the gospel, through faith alone in Christ alone, who died and rose again for our sins. 
God has the remedy for man's greatest need. We're all sinners who need a Savior. Jesus took your penalty for sin when he died on the cross. He rose again, and he offers freely to all the gift of eternal life. And I, my guess is there, this podcast is going to be spread far and wide to a lot of people who may not know the Lord, and we want you to know that we we love and value your interest in UFOs. We, too, share that interest. Uh, but you need to understand UFOs aren't the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. So now back to abductions. Um, some people in the conservative evangelical world try to suggest that these thousands, if not you know, millions of abduction cases going back centuries, but again, on the upsurge in the last few decades— some try to suggest, well, all of that is just psychological bad dreams or nightmares. It's not real. Uh, I disagree, but I'd love to get your take on it. I think these people are physically, uh, materially being transported to another dimension where they're being experimented on. They have lost time, and they come back, and there's physical evidence of that. What's, what's your take? I, no, I totally agree. It's nothing more or less than genetic uh, tampering on their part. Uh, the, they are trying to create a an alternate race, I think, to human, humanity, and so that they they can interject their own people, uh, people that they have have uh, bred aboard their ships. It sounds crazy, I know, but but this is the uh, I think the the consensus now is that they are creating a false race of human beings who can who will then do their bidding on planet Earth. Uh, the Bible talks a lot about uh, war in, in space. Second Kings, chapter 6, Elisha and his servant, you know, they were viewing a, a battlefield, and you know the story. Uh, the servant says to Elisha, wow, we're going to get beat. We don't have enough people. And Elisha uh, prayed that his eyes would be open, and his eyes were open, and lo and behold, there were chariots, mm. and they were armed. And guess what those chariots were? Those are what we call UFOs mm. today, UAPs. The whole Bible is full of such stories. Uh, Ezekiel is the most outlandish and outspoken of all those stories, and people have tried to... Uh, uh, essentially debunk Elijah and say, ah, oh, it's just pure fiction. There's really not anything like that. But you know, and I know that uh, celestial transportation vehicles, the really good ones, are driven by the Lord and his angels. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, there. That's the that's the dealership you want to buy from, not, not Satan's dealership. <laughs> now, I have to quickly say that after this event in my life. I was totally changed. Within a few years, uh, I had dived headfirst into Christianity. And by coincidence, uh, I had a degree, a master's degree, that uh, was in Christian counseling or in counseling in general. Uh, and I talked to a group of people who were putting together a group of books on Christian counseling. And, and from being in the aircraft business to being in Christian counseling to then moving into uh, a church where I became pastor of a church, hmm. began at that point when I was approached uh, on that trip. This, this angel, and I, I'm sure it was an angel, changed my life. Mm. Again, and you may see me looking a little uncomfortable right now, because I'm always uncomfortable talking about my own uh, uh, interaction with a UFO. I mean, face it, people are going to listen to me and say, he did what? <laughs> <laughs> Honest, it's the truth. Well, and it was, it was an, an event ordained of God. Yeah. Well, uh, Gary, I tell you what, we need more guys like you who have a long-standing track record of a passion for the Lord, a, a student of the Word, integrity, uh, it, because it's easy, especially for the uh, skeptics out there, 
to dismiss with an imperious wave of the hand some nobody who says, I saw a UFO. But when we've got folks like you who are studied, who have theological brilliance, in my opinion, I'm not just trying to build you up, but I mean, some of the stuff that you've uh, you've brought up and, and caused us to think about from the, the in terms of scripture is just fascinating. Uh, so I, I think we need more folks like you. And I don't know, I certainly know in our audience, nobody is, you have no reason to feel uncomfortable because people are, are, are on the edge of their seats listening, listening to this. So to close the loop on the abductions, and then I want to get into the crashes, which you talked about earlier, and your uncle helped investigate or provide some expertise. But the abductions, I think, uh, again, as you said, it sounds weird, but we have the biblical evidence of it. We know that the spiritual, heavenly, celestial realm can intersect with the realm of time, space, and matter. We see that time and again on both the good side and the bad side. Uh, again, the writer of Hebrews tells us that you might have be inter, inter, you know interacting with this stranger who turns out to be an angel. And we see the angels that had dinner at Lot's house, and we see the angels that came down and slept with women and produce the the giants and so forth and so on. So uh, it's a fact. Uh, it's the Bible is the only standard for our beliefs, and the Bible certainly validates that. So I do think Satan is desperately uh, knowing that it's the eleventh hour at work, trying to uh, you know destroy the human DNA to try to create additional members of his army through hybrids. Um, many wicked agendas involved with the abductions, uh, but uh, I definitely think it's it's a real. It's a real deal. Now, we've talked a lot about the aircraft, which, of course, is your your uh, field of expertise. Um, a lot of people will ask me, you know, because you think of UFOs, you, you meet me to think of the spiritual realm, right? The immaterial yeah. realm. Um, but we know we have tangible evidence and quite possibly even bodies. But let's just talk about the physical crafts first. Uh, in our possession. How do you explain that in terms of a biblical worldview? Uh, in other words, you're asking, uh, these things appear to be material. Mm -hmm. But when we think of angels and demons, we don't think of material. We think of uh, uh, some kind of evanescent, you know, now you see it, now you don't, spiritual being, or mm -hmm. in the case of a craft, uh, and people are seeing these things by the hundreds, you think about that craft and you, you wrap it with your knuckles and, it, you know, hey, it's solid. But wait a minute, it's not solid. Uh, it can go through something else. And so you, clearly you're dealing with another uh, realm of, I think, uh, a realm of the spirit world. The Bible is very, very, uh, very, emphatic when it comes to the fact that there is another world mm -hmm. above this one. And uh, I think back to, to when uh, Jesus had his uh, infamous conversation with the devil, uh, and <clears throat> they went up to a high place where they could view the whole world. And the devil, of course, uh, was wheeling and dealing and saying, you know, I can do this, I can do that, and uh, trying to make a deal with Jesus. And they were in some realm that we would say is non-physical, but on the other hand, it was physical, mm -hmm. quite physical. And that's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with UAPs, UFOs. You're dealing with a different physics, uh, a different class of physics in which <clears throat> what appears to be machinery, and by the way, these things have been captured. They've been taken to secret locations, dismantled piece by piece, uh, some people think we've, we've even copied them. But how can you copy a spirit craft that comes from another dimension? That's a question, really, that the Bible deals with. And it deals with it by showing that the spiritual can, at times, take on material form. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. And so... In my mind, and I touch on this in the books, um, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2 in particular, chapters 9 and 10 there, the material craft aspect and the shape-shifting cryptids, which I believe are also part of this demonic you know, realm that we're talking about here, yes. uh, Bigfoot and the like, I think the reason that we sometimes have physical evidence is that when they appear, 
in the physical realm. At times, depending on what happens in the spiritual battles between the good angels and the bad angels, they can end up getting trapped here if they if they crash. In other words, yes, they can materialize and immaterialize. That's part of the, this new physics that they ha- that they have that is not of this world, right? It's spiritual, right? But at, if if circumstances are align just right, they might end up sort of getting stuck here. And that's what I think has happened at Roswell. That's what I think has happened so many other uh, places. And that's, you know, of course, the government always comes along <clears throat> and says nothing to see here. But and, and then they perpetuate this uh, myth that it's you know, crafts from other galaxies, from other planets, say to articuli, whatever. And they're coming here to, you know, either depending on which viewpoint those people take for good or for evil. But I think it's it's spiritual and uh, and and I think it's not inconsistent when you understand there is an, a, a, another whole world out there that is beyond our comprehension. I mean, Romans eleven talks about uh, this this the mind of God and the, the other world. And this Paul was caught up into the third heaven, and so we we have a very linear way of thinking about time, space, and matter, and you know, with the quantum computing and quantum physics and stuff, even the secular world is starting to open up to the reality that, you know, that there's another dimension. So it doesn't challenge my, you know, theology at one bit to think of the fact that we might have tucked away at right pat somewhere a a craft. Is that, is, is what I'm saying kind of makes sense or am I way out in left field? No, it makes perfect sense. And uh, I have talked to people who have handled uh, parts hmm. that came from a UFO. And I have, uh, there have been members of my family who were given parts to reverse engineer. And I'm not going to mention names or places or dates or anything like that, but I knew about this. And it came to me years ago that uh, just as you said, when demons intrude in our dimension, they're sort of walking on, if you will, shaky ground. This is not the, their place. They would like for this to be their place. They would like to take it over. But uh, I think the Spirit of the Lord has kept them from doing that for literally thousands of years, hmm. uh, and particularly in the church age. After Jesus came and did what he did, it it changed all the rules. Satan was blocked. Uh, You know, the ancient mythology that talked about gods walking among uh, men and all all of the uh, Greco-Roman mythology to that effect, they spoke of the gods, quote-unquote, as though they were just an everyday thing. A god may come down and visit you and ask this of you and ask that of you. And uh, the uh, the philosophers, Greco-Roman philosophers, uh, speak about the interaction between these two groups of people, uh, one on a higher plane than the other. And they, they were called gods. Of course, they were not gods. They were, they were demons, and they were uh, fallen angels, but they were real. And the, their goal, if you really examine what they were doing, seems to have been at that time to intrude upon our space and stay here. And mm-hmm. they tr- were trying to become the rulers of this planet. They never made it. And they're still trying. I, th- I believe that that's their goal. They would love to take over. They would love to set up a rule on this planet. Uh, perhaps they have the idea that they could uh, set up some intermediary human beings yeah. who would be their front men. But, but bottom line, I think the, the answer to this whole mystery is that Satan and his angels are trying to set up a, a, a kingdom on earth. Yeah. And they're trying everything they can possibly try, and it's not working. And the chief reason that it is not working is because of the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Yeah. In in the church. 
Yeah, and, and that restraint is going to be removed uh, after the rapture. But you bring up a very important point. I want to, you know, kind of camp out there for just a moment. Um, ancient mythology uh, all, always mimics the biblical narrative. We have ancient flood epics, we have ancient creation epics, but it all uh, em emulates from the truth, which is that God spoke the world into existence and so forth and so on. But, you know, the, the, when you read the Genesis account, I think something that we often miss is the normalcy of the interaction between the spiritual realm and the earthly realm. As you said, God walked and talked with Adam and Eve. I mean, we have several dialogues that take place, uh, and, yeah. and, and so did the serpent, right? I mean, sure. you know, the, what's, what's, what's conspicuous by its absence in the Genesis account is, you know, Adam, you know, Eve didn't say, oh my goodness, a serpent is speaking to me. <laughs> she just dialogued <laughs> like it was normal, right? right. I mean, yeah. because it was normal. I mean, we read that and we we think, wait a minute, uh, he's kind of burying the lead there. It, it's almost like, uh, well, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? You know, that, that kind of a thing. We were missing the main point here. My husband was shot. But, um, you know, the reality is that was the norm. But over time, as um, humanity has, you know, as, as God's plan of the ages has progressed, I think one of the big lies that Satan has perpetuated is this notion that, uh, you know, because of the pride of man, of man, which is the ultimate sin, is that we can do this on our own. And so here we are, 21st century, and we've got this uh, disconnect between our world and the other world. We don't interact as much. It's all about us. It's very uh, egocentric and so forth. But Satan, as you said, is wanting to take over this world. He, he attempted a coup in heaven, and that failed miserably, and he and a third of the angels then set their sights on the earth. So I guess what I'm saying is, over the progress of time, you know, the amount of normal, everyday interaction between the spirit realm and the earthly realm has slowly dissipated to now where, you know, the elites of this world think they're better than the spiritual realm, and they can reach a higher plane without any help from Almighty God, the Creator. So I just wanted to elaborate on that. I think it's a it's a powerful point, and, and it goes to the point of these UFO crashes, that it's they are—I I think if a, if a UFO had crashed in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve would not have been surprised at all. They'd have been like, yeah, another UFO, you know. But now, all these years later, it seems like a disconnect. We have a hard time finding a box to put that in, but we shouldn't uh, biblically. Uh, uh, am, I, am I on the right track there? What you are, and I, I want to uh, uh, lift up my old good old King James Bible here and uh, and, and look at Ephesians 6.12, which you quoted earlier, but this really means a lot to me, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now mm. that statement right there, mm. wait a minute, wait a minute, all of my wrestling through all my life seems to have been against flesh and blood. You know, you, uh, the old idea of human competition that drives everything all the way up to the Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> it's competition. No, no, no. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And we could talk for hours about what those are against powers. And, and Paul here is talking about uh, powers that are invisible to us, mm. but they're there. And, and the rulers of darkness in this world. Okay, doesn't that describe the whole ufology spectrum? Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> against spiritual wickedness in places of authority, high places. Mm. And so what Christians, I think, need to think about all the time is that, wait a minute, I'm walking in this physical world, but just a millimeter away, is the real world of power. There is a battle going on just beyond mm. our sight. Mm. And from time to time, and more so as we get closer to the return of Christ, that battle is leaking through into our uh, dimension. Mm. And we're seeing more of it and more of it. Face it, look at the statistics on UFOs or UAPs. Uh, not only are we seeing more uh, of of them, but we're seeing seeing them more up close and personal, and 
abductions, the famous, uh, that famous subject of abductions. Does that really happen? Yes, it does. And so Ephesians talking about wrestling, not against flesh and blood, but against invisible, if you will, supernatural entities. Well, how do we do this wrestling? And this was made incredibly clear to me uh, at that event that changed my life. Uh, suddenly I saw that there was more than just a physical world. Just beyond our sight is, is a world of, of great power that influences this world. And my first question was, how am I ever going to fight something I can't see? Hmm. And, of course, the Bible provides the answer through the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's life-changing. Amen. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like Elisha, the story you quoted earlier. I mean, it's just right there beyond our sight. I think we need to pray more often, Lord, open my eyes, uh, because there is a battle raging. And I, I think it's dramatically uh, worse now than it's ever been. It's getting worse and worse oh, yeah. and worse. And and thank the Lord we have our angels that are ministering spirits protecting us. Um, you know, I just, my daughter, who's a student at uh, Grand Canyon University, just called uh, Tuesday night, uh, and she was out with three of her friends uh, gr grabbing some dinner, and they had a flat tire on the freeway uh, or on a, on a road. Uh, and I just can't help but think it could have been much worse what if they had a blowout? What if the, uh, they got hit by another car? I mean, we don't know, uh, Gary, how often angels are there protecting us, and the opposite is also true. We don't know how often demons and fallen evil celestial beings are are out there seeking our demise. Um, so I, I know we're almost out of time, but I, I hearken back to the days when I would be listening to you and other <clears throat> prophecy experts, and I used to always my heart would sink when the host would say, you know, well, well, that's all the time we have for today because I just wanted it to continue. So I'm, uh, for the sake of those that are listening to this right now who are going, wow, this is great. I hope Gary can talk forever, which I know you can't. Uh, I do want to open up one more subject here and uh, we'll kind of, kind of close out with this over the next few moments here, but the, the Genesis 3.15. So you were um, one of the earliest, you know, major Bible prophecy teachers to really, I think, awaken the world to an often overlooked component of that verse. And I know as a, a, a systematic theologian, PhD in theology, taught for 12 years, I, I overlooked it. And, and that is this battle that Jesus promises when he's speaking to the serpent, that someday the seed of the woman, which most theologians understand that that in and of itself is pretty profound because the Hebrew word seed is zerach, which always means male seed, and the woman doesn't have a seed, so that's a veiled reference to the virgin birth and ultimately the Christ child. Right. But this battle between the seed of the woman, and then here's the part that most people miss, and you've done a great service in helping us focus on that, and the seed of the serpent. What is the seed of the serpent? The seed of the serpent is, uh, <clears throat> well, first of all, I, I think I could clarify by saying that the seed of the woman uh, leads directly to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in, in the New Testament, you have two genealogies, and they, they are the, the genealogy of Joseph, the genealogy of Mary, and they culminate right at the point where Christ came into the world. And... You say, oh, genealogy, shmeneology. We don't care about that. Oh, yes, we do, because that is the seed of the woman that that culminated in the seed of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm. which mm. was a solution to every single problem written in the Bible. Mm. And so to go back to the seed of the woman versus the seed of the serpent, the seed of the serpent is what he obtained, I think, in that garden transaction, uh, Satan fell. And it, again, this is this could be a three-hour discussion in, in and of itself. <laughs> Satan fell a long, long time ago, in my opinion. And when he did, he was immediately in a difficult spot. He needed to find a way to continue to procreate. And that's been his battle uh, from 
then from his fall until the present day, he's trying to figure out a way to prolong his days and to legitimize himself. And the uh, Christ's answer to this was the seed of the woman. <clears throat> that seed coming down to Mary, who gave birth to Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the whole setup. In other words, those two seeds, the seed of the rebel and the seed of Christ, are the battle point. Mm -hmm. That's the singular battle point of planet Earth. And everything else is set dressing. <laughs> it's like all the machinery, all of the technology, all of the, the, the UFOs and and uh, the what we would think of as supernatural events and 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 items that's setras the real battle is for the seed of the woman uh through the lord jesus christ and that's why in our era we're trying to bring as many people to christ as possible because it is possible it is possible now to to have redemption which is a miracle beyond all mm. miracles when you put it in the context of what we're talking about. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, you, you make a great point. Satan wants to be like God. That's what got him kicked out of heaven. Well, God created man in his image, the highest pinnacle of creation. We are told to, ha to have dominion and to go out and uh, replenish the earth, to, to, to have children. Okay. Satan's trying to mimic that. So he doesn't yeah. have a humanity per se. So all he has is those fallen angels. So what does he do? He comes in and, and steals, as it were, some part of humanity to create his own race. And, exactly. and I, I think you're exactly right. And you mentioned the genealogies. I've always found it fascinating. Once again, you know, the seed of the woman is a veiled reference to the virgin birth because Jesus was not conceived through normal human being uh, means. Had he had uh, you know male sperm and hu and one female egg, he would have been a sinner like everyone else. Romans five twelve sin is passed down through the blood, and so uh, to preserve Christ's uh, sinlessness, he had you know the the virgin birth. And when you read Matthew's genealogy, you get you know you get through all these begats, 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 so and so begot, so and so begot, so and so begot, so and so, and then you get to Jacob, begot Joseph, the husband of Mary of whom was born Jesus Christ. Yes. Language changes because uh, you know Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, not by Joseph. So uh, really fascinating stuff. So yeah, with this cosmic battle, Gary, is uh, started in the heavenlies. It's been uh, raging on earth for all these years, and it will culminate in that final seven-year period leading up to Armageddon. And we are wrestling. To use that word that's used in Ephesians over here, we are wrestling, and, and I want to go back to that event that changed my life. <clears throat> when that happened to me, it, my whole world tilted, and I, ha I had a problem to solve. What in the world is going on? I have finally decided, after much thought, that something disabled that airplane of mine, and... <clears throat> It was something that was invisible. Uh, that is, I, I didn't see it, but it, it uh, uh, essentially killed the electrical system in, in a strange way that nobody could explain. And the angel who came along and, and uh, escorted me to Lubbock, Texas, was someone who uh, was keeping an eye out for me. Hmm. And that really resounds because it's Back to Ephesians. Again, I'm looking at 6.12, where he wrestled not against flesh and blood, <laughs> but against what? Powers, rulers of darkness. And that day, something tried to knock me out of the air. I'm convinced of it, and I believe one of God's angels came along and escorted me in to safety. Yeah, the evil uh, angel that tried that disabled that belt— in a really in a miraculous way that is not humanly possible. Right. Uh, he was not visible. He was invisible, you know, invisible right. realm. But the angel that protected you came along and and just wanted you uh, to know, hey, I'm here. And and it changed your life, didn't it? It did in a big, big way. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Gary, I could talk all day, uh, and uh, Lord willing, we'd love to do this again, but I know you're very busy, and uh, can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks there in Orlando. Are you going to make the trip? 
Actually, I'm not going to be able to. I've got some intervening uh, difficulties that are going to keep me from being there. I'm hoping to have a uh, presentation, though, on uh, on video. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm sure we'll our paths will cross uh, in person uh, again soon, either there at the studio or other conferences. But in the meantime, you are a blessing, my friend. Uh, thank you for letting the Lord use you. Thank you for being faithful and and uh, not being afraid to to just uh, share the truth as you study the Word of God. And folks, uh, you can find out more about the Orlando Conference at prophecywatchers.com. That's prophecywatchers.com. It's coming up February 29th through March 3rd in Orlando, Florida. Get all the details at prophecywatchers.com. Again, the in-person tickets are sold out. Boy, they went quick. I mean, it's it's amazing what a what an, an, an interest in Bible prophecy there is uh, today, isn't it, Gary? Yes, absolutely. More than ever, people are beginning to see see things that frighten them a little bit. Yeah, it's they know something's not right and something's coming. So great speakers. Uh, you can see all the speakers and the topics uh, there. I'm privileged to speak uh, twice. I'll be speaking on the conspiracy theory, conspiracy, Satan, the CIA, and secret societies. And then I'll be speaking on the Luciferian timeline or the New World Order timeline 2025. What's that all about? So, uh, But you can get uh, streaming tickets. Uh, and those are still available, and uh, it's it's a great deal at prophecywatchers.com because you get to watch all of the speakers, and even if you can't sit in front of your computer the entire weekend, you, you have access to them for the next six months to watch them at your leisure. So, folks, I think it's a, for such a time as this, it's a, one of the leading conferences out there. You need to be a part of it. So, Gary, thanks again, folks. Stay tuned. Uh, another great podcast coming tomorrow, a new guest and you don't want to miss it. And in the meantime, uh, check out notbyworks.org for some of the free resources that we have at our online store in the free section, as well as all of our other materials there at Not By Works. Gary, thank you, my friend. Thank you, JB, and may the Lord bless you and yours. You bet. God bless everyone. Have a great rest of the day.